Hey everyone, this is a bonus Q&A episode. I try and uh, answer questions live every Thursday. Uh, You can sign up to come to my free live Q&A at schoolforthedogs.com slash Q and A and you will see the next one I'm doing. I then am trying to take recordings of those Q&As and post them here to the podcast feed. If you have a question, you can email me directly, Annie at School for the Dogs. You can also go to anchor.fm slash dogs and record your question there. Thanks for being here. I was going to wear sunglasses for this episode, but I think I can't see properly. Um, hey, Yolanta. Nice to see you. And Joan is here. Hi, Joan. I just, I need a second to recover. Um, I, it's been a bad day. I would say this has been a really bad day. <laughs> um, first of all, well, sec- second of all, second of all, I, I just posted a podcast episode, like, which is bonus, although bonus sounds like it should be like a nice cheery thing. It didn't feel like a nice cheery thing, but anyway, but I felt like I needed to post this episode. Um, and as I posted it, like, my microphone has like a little um, thing on it, and it looks like a dog. No ears, though. Anyway, um, as I, as I, um, it's actually the second part is funny. The, the second part is right as I posted this episode just now, I like spilled an entire bottle of seltzer on my laptop. <laughs> just like, like not a little bit of water, like, like the entire bottle of water just went over on my laptop. Fortunately, I have like a desktop PC, so I have a computer, but it was like, anyway, and the first thing that happened today, which was much worse thing is, um, I just learned that um, my dog is dying. It's like that phone call that you don't ever want to get. Well, I got that call this morning where the vet said that he has something in his liver that's um, inoperable, most likely. I mean, I guess I could get a second opinion, but sounds like sounds like this is probably it. And he's been in really good health up until pretty recently when a couple things started to seem off. Um, He's 15 and a half. Yesterday was his 15th 
and a half birthday and um you know they don't live forever it's just um <sighs> just processing he's doing really he's doing pretty well it, we're gonna give him something to help his appetite he uh but he's been his um perky self mostly my daughter are so sweet together and I'm really glad that like she had the experience of having him as a dog even though she probably won't remember it but like he's just been such an important part of my life for so long and obviously now I have her and it's, it's different but um glad that they had a little bit of overlap in my life. <sighs> anyway, um, I'm, you know, it's just, that's the thing about having a pet. It's like, you know, this thing is like in your future with this, in this relationship. It just had the, <sighs> hey, Rhonda, uh, Amos was diagnosed with um, what seems like probably most likely inoperable cancer. And um, he has, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he's doing fine, but he's, um, you know, this is the end of our story together. Um, I just found out. Anyway, um, yeah, I posted a podcast episode just before doing this because I felt like like I needed to like put it out there <laughs> in some way. <sighs> anyway, I'm still just trying to go on with my day and, and enjoy him. Maybe I'm gonna position him so he's at least in the picture. But um, I'd love to talk to you guys. This is why I was gonna wear sunglasses, but my secret's out. <laughs> my eyes get very, very, I think particularly like swollen and pink when I'm crying. I like to think it's one of the more charming things about me. <laughs> uh. So, oh, the other thing that happened, Rhonda, that you missed is um, R Rhonda, by the way, I asked Rhonda to be here. She is one of my oldest best friends, and um, it's getting a puppy this weekend. After a lot of back and forth thinking about what dog to get, <clears throat> and I know she has some questions. And anyway, I, I was hoping maybe she and I could could chat about some of the stuff that she's been going through. She is a rather famous journalist. You might know her as Rhonda Kaysen of the New York Times. We we met when we both worked at the New York Observer in the early 2000s. Um, so Rhonda, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, and I think Joan is here too and uh, wanted to ask a question. I might take Joan's question first. I'm gonna put Amos on the bed so that he's right there. And um, oh, the other thing that happened Rhonda was I spilled water all over my computer like just minutes ago just like completely doused my entire macbook whatever situation 
just like 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 it was being baptized. Like you have no idea how much water got on this computer. Okay, give me one second. Amos, your presence is wanted on screen. My guy. All right, you want to sit on the bed? Can you sit on your bed? On the bed? The prince is in his place now. All right. So yeah, this goes down in the in the book of bad, <laughs> memorably memorably bad days. <clears throat> Joan, Let's see, I think if I accept you as if you join and I accept you, then um. You have to like rejoin, I think. I think. So I just invited jo Joan. Um, let's see if I can get her in here. But anyway, this is supposed to be a and a Ask me your questions, Joan, while I'm waiting for you to get here. I also want to, I want to share one other funny thing. I didn't share this in the podcast I just put up. Just like, there were just like a few really funny things that happened in a row and then this like terrible thing happened today and then this other terrible thing happened. But the previous funny thing to, uh, to before the laptop situation was I called my, uh, one of our babysitters who's wonderful 16 year old actress named Martina, who lives nearby, and um, with, she and her sister both babysit Magnolia. So I called her to, because I was trying to figure out, she had taken Magnolia for a walk. I was trying to find out where they were. I normally text her, but picked up the phone. And, you know, they say, like, kids don't know how to use phones as, like, a medium anymore, and also, which, I mean, I don't know if they say it. I could say that's probably true. But also, like, kids, I mean, nobody, like, likes leaving voicemails. So it occurred to me, like, Martina, I think, I feel like that I don't love leaving voicemails, but I do. But, um, you know, voicemails are, I don't love listening to voicemails. Voicemails are, I used to be excited. I used to be excited when I came home and there was, like, a beeping, uh, you know, light on my answering machine. Like, ooh, I have a message. And now I say I have a voicemail. And they're like, meh. I don't know why that changed. Anyway, um, uh, Martina, I'm guessing, does not check her voicemail very much. She probably does not get very many voicemails. She has certainly actively punished me for calling and attempting to leave her a voicemail. I don't think I will ever do it again, except for right this second, because I'm going to play you her voicemail, because it's uh, it's so punishing that I actually need to share it. Oh, oh, hey, Martina, Hello. can I can I listen to your voicemail again? 
Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna call you back. All right. <laughs> I think she'll think this is funny. I'm gonna tell her that I did this. If she doesn't think it's funny, I won't share it. And meanwhile, I did this partially so that I could let Yolanta back in. I mean, not Yolanta, Joan. So Joan, if you're here and you, I invited you to speak, you gotta do it from like a computer. You can't do it from your phone and the room will, I think, cook you out and then kind of like invite you back in or else you can just put your question in chat. Okay, here's her voicemail. Hello. Welcome to the amazing world of Martina. Okay, so you may be wondering what's going on right now. This is the voicemail of Martina. I am the voice of Martina. I am the mind of Martina. I hold everything containing Martina. So that said, I would just like to say this is cool, right? Because you don't really know if I purposefully didn't answer my phone to talk to you or if I just wasn't near my phone so I couldn't answer your call. Well, see, ladies and gentlemen, these are questions that may never be answered, even if you ask me, because if you do, I will change my voicemail to something like, hello, this is Martino, please leave a message. But, yeah, I feel like that this is a really bad situation for if someone was dying right now, like if they're suddenly being murdered by bears and they want to call me for some reason, which is weird, because why would they have a phone on them if they're getting attacked by bears? But then, you know, my voicemail is so long, so they'd probably just hang up and call someone else. But their voice was probably also like those weird ones where they're talking to you, so you think that you're talking to them, but it's actually their voicemail because they trick you. People are... God, people are so weird. Okay, this is already too long. I'm probably gonna change this later, but I'm, it's too hard. Yeah, okay, bye, please leave me a message. <laughs> I don't know, did, did you guys hear that? Could you hear that? All right, Joan. Uh, Joan, I invited you to speak, but maybe it didn't allow you in, or maybe I'm just not using this correctly. Uh, let's see, invite Joan. Joan says, uh, my husband and I have a seven-month-old Australian Shepherd. We had training that was money down the drain, unfortunately. I have multiple sclerosis, and I need Rocky J to go with me to my appointments. Have you ever trained service dogs? Um, Joan, it's knocking you off, um, I think, and then it's going to cue you to, like, I mean, cue. Try and get you to join again as like a presenter, um, but make sure you're not doing it from your phone. We are working to get it now, Joan says. I don't know. You're working to get it now. Okay. Well, let's keep trying to talk or, you know, if you want, Joan, you could just uh, call me and we can talk that way. Um, Joan, I am... Um, going to uh, invite as presenter. There you are. We are on the computer, says Joan. Okay. I've invited you as a presenter. Uh, I do not know a lot about training service dogs. I do think with a puppy, you need to focus on the socialization. Um, I'm always like, 
I've been, I feel like I've been punished for talking about service dogs in my career. Um, like to the point where I don't even know if I want to talk about talking about service dogs. Uh, I basically wrote, I wrote a, um, a blog post five or six years ago where I was trying to make the point that people lie about their dogs being service dogs. I think part of the time out of ignorance, part of the time because they just need to get their dog from point A to point B and saying that the dog is a service dog seems like a shortcut. I think there are like any number of reasons why people lie about it. Um, and I admitted that there have been times when I've lied. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, the point I was trying to make when I wrote this article uh, was that there's a lot of misinformation about service dogs, but really like ideally we should be training all dogs who are going to be out and about in our world to be like the best dog citizens possible um, rather than having like some people like fake disabilities rather than focusing on like the dog's ability. They're like faking their own disability rather than we're saying that they have a disability, which is like, you know, there's a lot of gray areas there. There are certainly like legit service dogs out there. Um, but then there are also people who just like have a well-trained dog and they need their dog to go somewhere with them. And, you know, I've been guilty, like, you know, one I've done a lot is like had my dog in a backpack in the, in the post office. And, um, you know, I used to, I, I it's, it's too much to get into, but anyway, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, of anger. There was a lot of anger from the dog training, dog service dog training community to me. It was like, and it was like super personal and scary. And they were like calling my house and saying like, I hope your dog dies a miserable death. And, and I realized afterwards that what I had written came across as like a recipe for like how to cheat the system, which was not what I intended at all. What my intention of the article was saying, like, let's, why don't we work towards all dogs being better trained so that like they're generally more accepted or that, or are working to train people to know that their dog can, should or shouldn't be in X, Y, or Z situation. Um, and then, you know, there should be like the elite dogs who are actually trained to provide a service for the person that they're with, which is the point of a service dog. I was kind of saying like, there, I wish there were some other like gray, I mean, some some sort of like zone, some sort of thing that be, I guess like there's canine good citizen, but something more than that, that people could, um, you know, use as a shortcut to let others know like, hey, I'm actually a responsible dog owner. Like I've trained this dog to be in lots of different situations, X, Y, Z. So I guess that's my like really long way of saying, Joan, uh, Joan, I'm sorry. I know you're still trying to get in. Joan, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna um, message you via email my um, phone number uh, here, and just give me a call or do FaceTime or whatever. Your face is in a particularly particularly bad spot for be for FaceTiming right now, but four four. Okay, Joan. Go check your email. Um, 
that's my long way of saying I don't know a lot about training service dogs. I think if you have a seven-month-old, the main thing you should be focusing on is socializing him to new places, new environments, making sure that, like, you know, he is comfortable in every possible situation and doing so in a really thoughtful way, you know. It's, um, I'm always saying, you know, dog. we think about dog training as something that, like, someone comes in and does to your dog, but really it's so much of it is about, you know, be, before you ever get to that point is just teaching your dog to like feel comfortable in the world. Um, and, um, and uh, once you have that built that foundation, that foundation where your dog feels like, you know, oh, good things happen when, whenever I'm with Joe and whenever I'm in, um, uh, whenever I'm in any, any, you know, these new places, um, the better sort of foundation you're laying for like the house that you'll be building when you start teaching more specific things. Um, so, you know, that's why, you know, <clears throat> the direction that we went in with like our self-paced online course is like, um, our courses, like we have a course that's about like, you know, you can teach these specific behaviors but then I also did this course that's called Good the Good Dog Training Course, which is like the, I guess like flagship course or whatever. It's a few hours to get through. Rhonda, you did it. Um, but the idea was, oh. oh, hi. Is this Joan? Yes. Oh, hey. How are you? Oh, hey. Okay. So. Aww. Hi, he's cute. Hi, so, we're so sorry to hear about Amos. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, just those moments in life that you hope never come and then they come, right? Yes, yes. Um, thank you so much for taking my um, for helping us. Yeah, tell me what's going on. We are we are overwhelmed to say the least. To give you a quick synopsis, I have been hospitalized cross country and back since 2011. Just got out 2018. I've had dogs before in excess of 10 years. And I thought that, you know, we could get a, a, was a rescue. But unfortunately, with COVID, they were completely out. So my husband surprised me with getting a purebred, which is Rocky, Rocky J. And he is, oh my Lord, when we first got him, because I told him I didn't know anything about an Australian Shepherd, that breed. And when I was asking questions, they told me that, oh, he's going to be more um, more docile than a German Shepherd. They lied. Oh my God, Jesus. It's like we have, Rocky is, we're in his world. We're just a part of whatever Rocky does. So he's biting from furniture. He's ripping things up. The, the previous trainer, and I'm not trying to be, you know, negative towards the trainer. Um, we did, He didn't do what he said he was as far as the obedience training. And I'm leaving. Where are you located, he, Joan? We're in Lower East Side. Oh, you're in Manhattan? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. And I'm from California, but I was, I was brought here for NYU Lango Hospital. Oh, gosh. Okay. But I'm here to stay. And we are literally, I've been up all night and I know about your, the bad news. Unfortunately, I had to leave my other puppy behind. Um, I've had him, oh goodness, since 2014. And 
we were supposed to be going back to see him. He's with my, my family has been turned completely upside down because of my hospitalization. And I wanted to see him so badly, um, but COVID, it's just it's too much. Is, um, how long have you had this puppy? We've had him since May of this year and we have spent in excess of what, 15,000. On what, training? With, um, well, the training part was only 600, but when, with medical bills, we're going and getting things because he's torn our home apart and we're replacing things. I'm like, my husband's gonna end up divorcing me because he has literally, if you saw this home, our everything's turned upside down literally and we're just needing so much help just for him to can i ask what trainer you worked with or what kind of stuff you were doing um the trainer we work with and again no disrespect um his name is sam he's uh he's supposed to be training like military train and that's how my german shepherd was trained before extremely um i mean well, what did they have you what did they have you doing or what did they say they thought would work um, walk, uh, on leash, off leash, listen to your command. When you say uh, sit, he sits, which I had already taught him the basics, but he said that he would be able to um, stay, roam around the home without me having to kennel, put him in the kennel. Um, he would not bite our furniture or eat our, chew our furniture any longer or take our shoes or just jump on our bed, jump on us, bite us, nip us. God in heaven, it's the list goes on. Um, and being able to walk off leash outside when my husband takes him out because of the fact that I my gate is off and I'm not able to go out a whole lot, as well as the temperatures. If it's too hot, then unfortunately that will send me back to the hospital. Yeah, so I, I mean, I mean a, a few kind of broad suggestions. Yes. I don't think this is about like throwing money at the situation to find the perfect trainer or whatever, perfect daycare. I think this is like a, an issue where, first of all, it sounds like there just needs to be some management like of the space and also of like his energy, you know, figuring out like how you can help get yes. get his energy out in an appropriate way within confines of your life and your home. And like, frankly, that seems like it might be a really big ask because like you're you're saying you're in and out of the hospital no no, no. excuse me with covid i've been any um homebound but they need me to come back in november because i've been home um and i can't i have to be in isolation just because of the the high risk that i've been so you're working from I, home i i haven't been work i've been um disabled unfortunately my husband is frontline and literally after he gets off his shifts with his patients then he's coming home and before he could close out all of whatever he's doing with work he takes rocky out for about two or three hours to just run and go to the dog park and just get that energy out and then come home and it was working but lately i don't know if it's because we've unfortunately have dealt with a lot of death um this last week uh from covid and uh, it's a bit hard. I'm sorry. Uh, 
What a year. Listen, I mean, I, I don't know 100% about your situation, but it sounds to me like you need to do some like space management and making sure that, you know, he's getting enough exercise that he's also getting enough time with other dogs. Like he's still a young dog. He probably still needs to be playing with other dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in the Lower East Side, if your husband can bring him, we have schoolyard, which is like our off-leash, um, our off-leash dog dog time. There's a trainer there always. We monitor the play. We curate the groups. Um, I think it's like, you know, a really great way for dogs to get their energy out. It's much more controlled health-wise than you're going to get at a dog park because it's like, you know, <clears throat> it's only our members. Um, so, I mean, not to plug our services, but to plug our services, I would say, um, you know, I would suggest no, actually, doing a private. No, yeah, go ahead. Excuse me, not to cut you off, Annie. Um, our vet, um, Dr. Fish, a Clinton veterinarian, is the one who told us about you. And we were looking at, in fact, your intense. Um, do you still do, I think it's for six weeks, if I'm not mistaken, it was on your site, like for three hours a day for six weeks? Yeah, and you know, I'm, I don't want to like get in the particulars uh, right here about like what we could offer until you do a private session, which you, I would say you should do, um, I, you know, ideally in, in person, you could do it virtual. If your husband wants to come in, you know, we're, we're doing masked sessions. Um, probably be a two hour session with one of our trainers. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, uh, those are the three things I would suggest sign up for our schoolyard. Well, I guess, are you feed, or what are you feeding him? We're, a Perina, Perina, the tender is what we were told to okay, say. Okay, well, get him a better food for sure. Thank you. Like, I thought so. Um, okay. I did a podcast episode with the woman who runs truthaboutpetfood.com, and now I only want to get like things that are on her list. I think okay. she puts out a list. That's you can buy it for like $25 or something. And okay. she's really researched which brands, I mean, especially saying this now with the dog with cancer, like, you, don't 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 give him the Purina. I think. I mean, I think if you, if you're traveling and he needs to have it once in a while, but I think you know that stuff can build up in their system and it can be not good. And dog food isn't all the same. Um, so listen to that podcast episode if you haven't, because like it was, I learned so okay. much talking to her. Um, okay. Also, feed him in toys if you're not already doing that. Like you need to be doing everything you can to like focus his attention um, onto appropriate things. Um, we have a ton of toys at our studio. We have the online store. Um, our specialty is like work to eat toys, puzzle toys, that kind of thing. You know, don't think okay. about like these are treats and this is food. Like just, he can have the, I mean, that's the other thing is like focus on like giving him his food in a way that's going to like help encourage behaviors that you want, you know, like how can you, how can you use his regular meal? I mean, and actually, if you're going to use kibble, although I'd probably pick a better kibble, that's one place where you could use a use like a treat and train. I'm a big fan of treat and trains. They're like a remote controlled uh, yes uh, device a, that, and if one, you you know, considering you know. that you have mobility issues, that could be a way to 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 work with him. I think it's great that you're getting him as much exercise as you as you are getting him. I just think we should like maybe tweak that exercise so it's more social, um, and also getting him some like mental mouth exercise in the form of toys and um and focus don't focus so much right now on like i need him to be a service dog for me like i said like 
uh, I, I think there's time for that right now. You need to like have a dog that you can live with at all. And, you know, you like Yolanta said in the comments here in the webinar, like Aussies are a challenging breed. You know, you, 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 you've got a, you know, you've got work to do. Um, I think it can be done in a New York City apartment. And you can also, you know, so much of what we do at School for the Dogs is like training fun stuff, like training stuff you can do in small spaces. Because, you know, when you have like a working breed dog or sporting dog, like a dog who's like meant to be out on, you know, five hour hikes every day, you know, chasing, yeah. chasing the foxes on, you know, or whatever, um, hurting the sheep. Like we need to, you know, our, our goal is to like help you figure out what you can do in order to channel his energy into things that are appropriate to do right. in an apartment. You have a, do you use a crate right. with him? I'm sorry. Do you use a crate with him? Yeah, we have a, a kennel. Yes. And just to let you know that my husband does take him out to the dog park. He does have friends. He is not, um, spayed. And Lord have mercy, we found out that he's a bit of a stalker with the female. There's one female dog specifically that he stalks. And the doctor said that we're going to have to watch out because he, when his energy level higher, he started to run. He's I mean, running. I would, I would get him fixed. I think the dog park's fine. You probably shouldn't be bringing him to the dog park if he's not fixed, in my opinion. And I would get him fixed. It also, you know, it, it could, it could affect his behavior in a good way. I mean, it might not. But I think there's no reason for him to, I mean, cons considering all the things you're describing in your situation, I don't think it's a great idea to have a unneutered dog, if anything, on the streets of New York City where there's just like, there there's just too many variables. Like I'm trying to like figure out how we can like make your life with this dog simpler. <laughs> right, um, right. And, uh, and that's certainly one thing I would do. And yeah, I mean, the dog park can be great, especially if like your, your husband's like coordinating and knows who else is going to be there. Like the benefit of like the schoolyard is that, well, like, again, it's like a closed sort of community. So we, which at this point in time, I think is a good thing, but also like, um, but more than that, like we have someone who's in charge and I think that makes such a difference. Like I wish every dog park had like a lifeguard or something because like, when I'm at the dog park and I see stuff happening that should, that I think really shouldn't be happening, that is not in the best interest of the dogs. Like yes. no, nobody wants to hear from like random old me in the dog park. No one wants, <laughs> but at, at our studio yes. we have, you know, it's, it's like a great thing to have someone in charge who can, who can help explain when things are okay and aren't okay and make sure everybody's like that every dog's safety and like happiness yes. is the priority, which I think, and I don't think that's, necessary like some people want to go to the dog park i think i mean i'm that i'm just speaking like incredibly broadly i know nothing about <laughs> your, your dog your situation but i think that like for instance like there are people who want to go to the dog park because they want to be in the park you know like they want to go out and are not necessarily like focused on whether it's the right thing for their dog um but right. I, i've been also i mean to be totally honest I, i've been I, I also did a podcast recently about rehoming dogs and I've been feeling like sometimes it's, again, I, I don't really know that much about your situation. We've only just talked for a few minutes, but um, I, I am a big believer in like, if you can find a better situation where that dog is going to lead a happier life and some other family is going to be, oh, you know, actually, no, no, no. We're just to let you know, we're going to be moving um, in another area in, um, probably Battery Park City, but we were even thinking like getting a second dog and having them to breed one time and then keep the puppies. Um, 
with our, our various family members and friends, we would be giving as a gift too. And then after that point, then um, neutering our uh, Rocky, both of them together, if that makes sense. And at the same time, uh, I am walking now where the doctors told me that I would never walk again because I my goal is to be able to return back and to run the uh, New York Marathon. That's when I fell ill, oh my unfortunately, gosh. back in 2011. So now I am walking, and I wanted to be able to walk with Rocky. He is doing well. We just need him to be more, um, like, calmer and yeah well let, i think we let's all. let's like let's set up a time for you to do a session i i mean again can't my, my candid response is that i i would work on rocky before you get another dog i would suggest oh, yes. neutering him and if and i would i would advise against breeding him and having a a, a non-spade you know female and a non-neutered male in battery park city for a lot of reasons i also think like i just generally discourage. I generally discourage people from breeding dogs themselves, just because I think it's like something we should leave to professionals who are doing it really right. Like, um, you know, I, uh, I think doing genetic testing is really important, um, and there are a lot of other factors as well. Like, it's I'd rather uh, I personally would rather leave breeding to like the elite few who like devote their lives to it than have it be something that like I'm trying out. Um, I. I know saying like, hey, don't let your puppy have puppies might not be like the thing that you don't want me to want to hear. But that's, again, this is like my shooting from the hip advice to you, um, you know, having not talked to you before. But um, so I, I suggest working on, you know, getting getting um, him through his like this adolescent period, make the dog that like help do, put in the work now to like make him an awesome companion for you good dog you're gonna be able to you know live here or battery park city or wherever but you know this is the moment like like he's not even a year old like this is the moment where you need to be focusing on his um his socialization his ability to like exist in the world as a happy dog and like um i don't i i think that probably a second dog is not like, oh, the no, recipe no, no. that yeah. and i'm sorry excuse me no, not now. After he is, he has to be thoroughly, completely right. trained. Well, I also, but I, I also think that you know, uh, training is not like he's going to be trained and then he's trained. You know, it's like a continuous thing. Right. But I also think, um, you know, I would neuter him for, for, for you know, some of the reasons we went over. But let's let's chat offline and let's set you up for a private session. I. If you if you want to do the good dog training course, um, I think you probably get something out of it. It's at you can get there at schoolforthedog.com slash courses. Um, I it, you can get through it in probably you know an afternoon and um, and um, yeah, I mean if, if I think it might just help you like think about dog training in a slightly different way. It's not a, it's not like a place where you're going to find like the ex exercises, and, but you're going to find um, sort of like a broader way of thinking about it. All right, I okay. think I have, um, <laughs> Anna says, I survived seven month old Husky, so I can relate. Yeah, I mean, you have your hands full. And I wasn't saying like, you should find another home for your dog at all. I'm just saying like, if you did make that choice, like I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't judge yeah. you. I would just think like, okay, that was maybe not the right choice for this family in this situation, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, rather than you trying to like, 
you know, turn your life into a pretzel in order to accommodate what sounds like he's just like a young, healthy, probably normal dog. Um, right. You just want to make sure he's getting like, you know, getting trained in such a way that he's going to be able to be the companion to you that you want. Oh, oh no, Rocky J is stuck with us for life. <laughs> He's our baby. We're going through it with him. And yeah. he acts out. We have to act out right along with him. So we're learning together. All right. Well let's let's get in touch um off okay. off of here. And I'm glad you I'm glad you're here. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Should I just wait for your call? Yeah, I'll email you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so yeah. much. And my prayers are with you and Thank your baby. You. Thank you, Joan. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Oh, Rhonda, did you want to chat? Are you still here? My eyes are looking better now. My dog is still adorable. Hey, buddy. I love him so much. Oh, okay. Someone's speaking. Let's see if this works. Rhonda, are you here? Any, any tips on getting through the death of a pet? I've done it before. Most recently, my cat, Sylvia. I am back, I think. Hey. I'm Sorry. here. There yeah. I am. Yeah. Okay, now I just feel like I want to talk about Amos. I'm just going I met Amos to if anyone was there. I met Amos when he was like, oh, no. I can't remember when he said the part. I remember when you went and you dressed up as like um, Dorothy and Amos was Toto. Yeah, <laughs> I have that photo somewhere. It was a few months after I got him. I mean, he's just been such a part of my life for like since I was 25, you know, it's yeah. intense. And um, uh, I feel like we have so many things like all the temporary apartment and like Amos is like always <laughs> been there. I know I can't imagine like an Annie without an Amos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel just lucky to have had so many years with him and like lucky to have to be like like that. You know that he and Magnolia have had such a sweet relationship, and I know he's also, so good with her. That like it's been her ex first experience of like loving a dog, and I, I also feel glad that Still like you know I, I have this you know family with Jason, or like you know it was just the two of us for so long, just me and Amos, and like I would have mm. just been wrecked without him, you know. Like it's funny I think about like. You know, it was just the two of us for, God, like, well, Sylvia okay. also, Sylvia. Okay, so, poor Sylvia. <laughs> anyway. I know, I was just talking to David, actually, like, was it this morning or last night, we were talking about the dog training, and I was, like, kind of, like, going down the rabbit hole that I'd be going down. And then um, I was like, well, we're just going to do whatever Annie tells us to do because Amos <laughs> is so nice and we love Amos so much. And so whatever Annie tells me to do, we'll, we'll do it because <laughs> I've never had a dog. But like, no, but we love Amos. And I was, I don't know. He's, I was like, Amos is always so happy when I come over. But I was like, but then he knew me as a puppy. So maybe like I am fooled. But he's just, oh, 
I mean, he's I like think... the best doggy. He's such a little doll. He's such a good little doggy. Hold on, I need to pick him up again. Okay. How's he feeling? Oh, you don't have one. Hi, sorry. Does he feel sick? Like, does he have? No, symptoms? his appetite hasn't been good. Um, um, but and he's had some. But but overall, he's he's really seemed okay. He's just he seemed in the last you know few months like he's just got a lot older. Um, yeah. And I, of course, now I'm like should have dropped him to the vet sooner, and like I should have been worried sooner. But it it, it just seemed like a, you know I was chalking things up to like a degree of like old manness and a 15 year old dog, you know? Yeah. And, um, but he, um, I finally b brought him in cause he had like some blood in his stool and, um, mm. kind of off and on. And, um, and also his appetite had just really been, has really been dwindling and he's always been a voracious eater. But anyway, I think, you know, to bring it, bring it back to you and you getting a puppy and me now as a dog trainer, I know what a long journey. I know from like the observer and doing stories about blob dolls on Madison Avenue. Um, I know. I have. I. I it's, it's funny because it's like I had this like whole other life before I became a dog trainer that like feels kind of like. I don't know if you guys know, but she wrote like two books. Annie has. I wrote a lot of articles. I wrote a lot of articles. A lot of articles about. Weddings. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, what was I saying? I think I think one thing that I did right by with Amos even before I, I did things I did wrong things with him. You know, I like pushed him down to the ground and yelled in his face. And I mean, I did things that to me are now like so freaking ridiculous. Let him cry mm -hmm. in the his crate when he was a puppy till he barked till he, you know, pooped himself. I. I brought him to this training class where the woman would walk around and like squirt the dogs with water bottles just for like no good reason. And this other dog kept like pouncing on him. And Aww. and I remember and he was little and the other dog was like big. And I remember her being like, oh, he thinks that Amos is a squeaky toy. Like it was a funny thing, which now looking back, like it totally wasn't funny. Mm. Anyway, um, I just think that uh, I, but I, but I always brought him everywhere. Yeah, when he was a puppy, but also, you know, throughout his life. And I think, like I said, even before I was like studied to become a dog trainer, <laughs> I was doing the thing I, I just by you know luck or instinct of like looking at socialization as like a lifelong process. And like I want this dog to feel good about me. I want this dog to feel good about me in all these different situations. I want the dog to feel good about other people. I want a dog to feel good about being on a train or on a plane and like. You know, that like yeah. it benefited me to have a dog who I who was happy to be with me and, right. and could be with me. And it benefited him because it meant that, like, he could go more places with me and just be with me more. It's also yeah. a nice little transportable size. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, it, I think there's like a real benefit to getting small dogs for that reason is it's like it's especially, you know, if you don't have a car. Like to be yeah. able, I mean, the fact that he's been able to travel in a backpack, like he's, I've been able to bring him like all over, all over the world. You know? Yeah. And, and, 
and um, I mean, we spent three summers in Italy and Greece together. And we had a really good life. Yeah, we lived in San Francisco together when I was seven. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, I will get through this, but it sure is that you know that feeling that like that phone call from the vet that like you dread getting you know the whole time you have an animal. Got that call today. Anyway, I'm still still processing. Um, but um, why don't you tell the with with your journalism background? I challenge you, your journalism background and current ground. I challenge you to say in a concise way the story of you getting. I dog. think the the best person to tell the story actually is my thirteen-year-old son who's was in the room and then just left. But um, so my children have tell him to come back. Okay, Theo, come here. (laughs) Okay, here he comes. He'll tell you. Let him tell you. He's so good at this. But so this has been how many years, Theo? Okay, come in. You can join this call. So I have to put Theo. Let me see if we can do this without the headphones and see if it works. If it doesn't, because then Theo here, Theo said, you can tell this is a little webinar. There's other people here. Theo, come closer. He's sitting lower. He's taller. Than, guys, he's, not, hi. he's not quite as short as Say this. Say hi to Theo. <laughs> I okay, knew so Theo on. when he was gonna, in his mommy's belly. So I'm going to try to take myself I helped, off. I helped, pick, I helped pick his name, kind of. Okay. Not working, Rhonda. Rhonda, you put one AirPod for you and one for him. All right, we've lost Rhonda. Guys, if you're here, please say hi to Theo. And and give me any tips on how to <laughs> get over the broken heart one experiences when one finds out one's dog is gonna die. Rhonda, I still don't hear you. Rhonda, you wanna just you, you wanna just call me? I'm just gonna call Rhonda. Did I screw? Yeah, you screwed it up, but I can hear you now. So talk this way. Okay. Sorry, everybody. So, um, Oh, now I hear myself twice. Okay. Um, so we wanted a dog. My son wanted a dog. My kids wanted a dog for years. I did not. I've never owned a dog. My mom's allergic. I was always really afraid of dogs. Like, not afraid of, like, they don't make me nervous, but just afraid of, like, the idea of being a dog owner because they seem to me really, like, foreign. Hold on. i got to take this. Did, did we lose Gio? Oh. What's happening with my speakers? Do you want me to call? Do you want, I'm sorry, Ryan. Can we go back? You want to disconnect me and reconnect me? Okay, sure, sure. Okay.
Ah, technology. Thanks to those of you who are still here. Oh my God. I have, <laughs> I have a, a hair that's meant for radio right now. Rhonda, girl, Rhonda Rocks has joined the room. Sorry. Oh, there she is. I hear you now. Am I better? Sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to cause a technical catastrophe. I apologize. Okay. Um, okay. So as I was saying, my kids really want to dog pets, dogs, as people do. Um, I grew up without any pets. My mother was allergic to fur and feathers. So I had a lot of anxiety just about the idea of owning a dog. They were like very foreign to me as somebody who never had one. So I've like my experience with dogs was always just like Amos. It was probably the only dog I ever really liked. <laughs> like other dogs like get me nervous. Big dogs made me nervous. I didn't really know what to do with dogs. So I just kind of hunted for years and years. Um, and then the pandemic happened and the kids were really dialing up the pressure. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, it felt to me like just too much. Like there was just, it was too difficult to bring a dog into our family. Um, and then by summer, you know, when it became clear, like things were opening up, we'd be able to sort of do things again somewhat, but it felt like it was clear that this was going to go on for a very long time. Um, I just could just see the loneliness in my kids, especially my son, the one who came in who really wanted the dog. Um, and I just started to feel like this was something they really needed and that it just became clear to me, like we needed this happy energy. And I understand like they're a big lifetime commitment and I don't do things lightly. You know, like I, having had two kids, I know what it means when someone says something's a lot of work. Um, so I felt also early on that the pressure was gonna all fall on me, but then my husband's been home indefinitely working from home and he's been more able to participate. And so I felt like, okay, we can actually share this, you know, maybe there is a place for this. So we started looking for a dog and um, I was consulting Annie. So there was like, and Annie was like, get a rescue. But as the woman, earlier woman Joanne said, like there weren't that many rescues to be found. And also I really wanted something that was a low shedding breed to reduce the allergens because my son is allergic to cats and my mother's allergic to everything. And I thought, well, if I can just have at least a low shedding breed might reduce how many allergens are in the house, even if that's not true. And there was also a bit of politics in that. Like if I get a dog and my mother's mad at me, at least I said I tried. Um, and so we, um, so then that's I wanted so to- that's what was interesting. I mean, not interesting, but I think what makes you probably quite relatable to a lot of people <laughs> is that you, that you felt like you had to get a dog that wasn't going to shed. Like, I, I yeah, feel like yeah. a lot of people or, you know, be, like the allergy thing, like, I feel like a lot of people would go get a rescue dog, but that is like, that, that is the thing that stops them. Is the shedding. Yes. And that like, and then the other thing is like, even if there were no allergies, I'm kind of a neat freak. I, not to plug myself, but I wrote a book called Right at Home about how to care for your home. So I'm like, kind of like, that's my whole specialty is like your home being a tidy place. Not that my house is like, looks like a page out of Dwell Magazine by a long shot, but I'm like a big fan of like tidiness and throw pillows are like a big deal in my life. And, you know, so I was like really possessive of my house looking nice and like I can't like when I go to someone's house and my feet are covered with dog hair I just I'm like Whoa. so I just like couldn't like you know I just was like that was a part of it was also 
And yeah. like I had this element of like, it would be nice if the dog looked like the look of the house. I mean, so it was terrible, but like shallow as shallow could be. Well, you but, know, I think that, you know, evolution is a funny thing, right? Like these low shedding or non, you know, I don't think there's a really non-shedding dogs, but these low shedding dogs who have hair rather than fur, et cetera, et cetera, are, are evolutionarily getting, getting, getting a leg up because we live in these small spaces with our, you know, tidy homes. Right. right. And then, so then our, my daughter's bestie wanted a dog too. And you actually get, sent me a link to a breeder who had a cockapoo. And yeah, then, like, see, this is where I feel like I really failed because I, I feel bad now that I did that because right, not they that got I, that cockapoo. They just, I know. And I feel like, I mean, I know. And I mean, again, like, I'm just very anti like puppy mills. And what's funny is like the, the best book I've written, like the best piece of dog journalism I've, I've read. I mean, in the last few years is, was the dog merchant, which, which was, Kim which I read not, not knowing that you are friends with Kim who wrote it. Kim Kaven, is that her last name? Kim Kaven. Yeah. I mean, I know where we professionally know each other and she, I mean, she advised me was like, because I was interviewing her for a story about people, I don't know, something about people decorating their homes with dogs for, you know, anyway, and so I interviewed her and then she was, was telling, cause she had just written this big story in the Wall Street, in the Washington post about like, this is the biggest run on dogs in American history and you can't get a dog to save your life. And she gave really good advice, which was like, you have to go to the breeder. Like, even if they say all these nice things and they have a really pretty website, nothing means anything until you actually see what they have, that they'll tell you whatever they want, you whatever you want them to hear. And so that the breeder that you sent me that I sent to my friend, she went and got the dog, but I called her and I didn't like her because she didn't have any information about the dogs. And I was like, right, okay, oh. well, so just background. I, I first said, uh, go to a good breeder. Yeah, and I said you gave me good names, like which I always recommend, like the same like two or three people. I, there's Red Teddy Poodles, who I've seen right. great dogs from them, there, and then Cherie of River Valley. But I'm I, uh, you know, they're, they're all backlogged. So they're backlogged, and um, and I suggested what I also sometimes suggest is like ask if they have any older dogs that they're like rehoming. Right. So what um, we did, we did. Then we I, but then I said the thing that I, that I regretted saying, which is like, well, you could look on Craigslist, but then, um, but I think you like you, it's a, it's generally a bad idea to get a dog on Craigslist for a lot of different reasons. Um, but one of the reasons that I was reminded of when I re-listened recently to the podcast episode I did with Cherie was that, um, like some of them might be stolen puppies, like going to breeders yeah. and stealing some puppies, which is just so super creepy, shady. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's also like purpose, perfectly fine people on both sides. Right. Well, there was one woman <laughs> who I called who was like, this is a scam. Somebody steals my phone number and posts my dog all the time. It's my dog. I'm not giving my dog away. Like she's like, some, so there was that. But um, oh, God, I see some like jilted ex lover that's like, yeah, I'm just posting your dog on. Yeah, he, that's, she's oh, like, that's, that's see, also creepy things that happen. I think there's too much chance for creepy things to happen on Craigslist. And then you were you were sending me puppies from like breeders that you were finding like in Pennsylvania. And 
I, I just know that there's like a lot of breeding going on in Pennsylvania, a lot of Amish people breeding. I don't know how much of it is legit. I don't know how much of it is puppy mills. Like I, I really just don't know. But, but to fast, fast story to the fact that um, it seems like you, you actually went out there, did the legwork and you found a breeder that you feel good about, right? Right. So, so we had the first two breeders are, unless you want Theo to talk about the three breeders that you met with. Unless okay. Theo so I, I found first. Like, Theo? I, I wanted like a Theo show. No. I, yeah. He, he gave up. This is, he, he get, has like, no patience. He had no patience. I don't know. He's probably in his video game land. I don't know. He's, see how long I, so he, well, if you get him back, Theo, well, he, anyway, let's, so, okay. um, so was this, oh, so I so I tried these American Kennel Club breeders for Bichons actually, and they all told me they had they were breeding show dogs, and they were they gave me had to fill these applications. And they all had the dogs were going to be born in October, and I called them all. I like was all online, and I got ghosted by all of them. So then at that point, I now promised the children that they're going to have these dogs, and now we're in October, and I'm ghosted. So that's when I went to the Amish breeder land. And there's these websites that are dog breed, you know, they have these breeders. And so I found three breeders that had poodle puppies that were ready to go home in Lancaster County. So we drove out to them and we said to ourselves that we were going to tell all of them that we would make a decision later, but we weren't going to immediately get any puppy. So we went to the first one and, you know, it was like, he was a salesman. He had like, he told us to call 45 minutes before we're on his front lawn. He has his three-year-old daughter. It's this litter of puppies. The mom's nowhere to be found. It's clear. The more I ask him, it's clearly a puppy mill. Like he has a bunch of different dog breeds. He keeps them in like a kennel place. So you realize the dogs aren't living with him and his daughter. It's not clear if the dogs are living with this little girl. She's obviously been around puppies, but I didn't get the feeling that she'd been around these puppies. Like she was just as excited to see these puppies as we were. Um, so he was really, he was like nice, but very salesman-y. And when we said, well, we need to think about it, he got really kind of like, well, I'm going to go out and you can't have, they won't be here later. And I'm like, you got like eight puppies here. Like they'll be here later. Um, and so I just was like, oh, and felt icky. So then we went to the second breeder and it was like this old, and they're all, these are all Amish breeders. Second was this old Amish guy. He's on his farm. It's like a compound with like a bunch of houses. He comes out, he takes us into the barn. There's two puppies in a crate by themselves. They're crying. Like my daughter puts one in her lap. They're like shaking. My first thought was like, get me out of here. But then like he brings them outside and they're happy and they're playing and he's talking for a while, but like, I don't know where the mother is. They're a little older by this point. They're 11 weeks. Um, Tessa, like my daughter was like, we have to take one of these puppies. Like it felt like a rescue feeling. Um, but I was like, it's a lot of money for rescue. And again, like I didn't know, I didn't get a sense of like, like you were rescuing the puppy from a bad situation. Yeah. Yes. And so I felt well, like, and I rescue this puppy. You told me about that. Cause you called me right after that one. And I was like, well, I mean, what, if you're getting the puppy, does it really matter if it's, if it's rescued or it was paid for? Like in the end, like I understand the argument of like the puppy comes home with you in any case, the result is the same. And I, and, and like, to be honest, I think that's a lot of like the rationale people have for like going to pet stores, but then, you know, without thinking about sort of like, well, yeah, but you're also like helping perpetuate a system. Like this person right. who has like, two puppies in the barn that you've now encouraged him to know, do it again. And it, it's not again. And same thing with a pet store. It's like you're supporting an industry anyway. And, and neither of these breeders asked us a single when question. I, about but by the way, again, like you could get a great dog. 
right? You could, but it's, so I'm sort of thinking like, what is my point here, right? You know, like, why do I, like, I guess, why do I care? And I think it's like, what do you, what, what system are you perpetuating? But I was also like anxious. Like, I don't want a dog that might already have anxiety and might already have issues and maybe is older than they said or a different breed than they said. So anyway, so then we go to the third guy and um, he's also on a farm. But then we go into his barn and he has a really big barn and there's a horse. And then the next stall is like the puppies and they're all in a big, they're all in a little stall together with like, hay, like, you know, straw on the floor. And it's like a nice, there's light coming through and they seem really happy. And then he's like, do you want to see the mom? And so then I was like, the first thing he said is like, well, I suppose you should meet the mother. So he brings in the mom and the puppies go bananas. And they all come clamoring out of their little stall. And some of them are falling and they get on top of her and like they're running, they're barking and they just start nursing her. And then he's sort of like, looks, he's kind of like, well, she's a little tired. And he's like, are you okay, sweetheart? And he like moves her and gets her in a good position. And you can tell he feels kind of bad for the mom. The mom looks like she could have had enough of these puppies. And then two of them are really small and he's like, I'm not letting these ones go yet because they're too small and they're not getting enough milk from their mother because the bigger ones keep taking it. So I'm gonna make sure they get more milk. And he just seemed like he liked these dogs. Like it was just like, I don't know if he's like does everything right, but he seemed like he loved these dogs. And he was like, I gave them a bath yesterday. And then his other, he had another dog came in. Oh, and the mother, he had just built a kennel for the mother and for another dog he had. And they had their own escape route where they went out the back to go run in the farm. They had like 80 acres or they came in and it was like their own little cage, you know, kennel cage and he had built it for them. And, and then the mother could come in and feed the dogs when she wanted to. And there was another dog who was obviously like guarding the puppies and was so sweet. He only had one eye and he was like this old dog and he was just, and she, he would like pet the dog and he just, and then he was like grilling us, but very calmly. Like he was the only one who was like, poodles have a lot of energy. Do you have a yard? Do you live in New York City or you in an apartment? Yeah, he was asking you questions. I, He's like, what do you do for a living? Like, how long are you guys home? You feel, yeah, I feel really good that you feel really good about it. And I I applaud your, your journey. Yes. So I felt like I didn't know what I was looking for, you know? And it wasn't until I found him that I felt yeah. like I was like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. Like, a person who cares about what he's doing and, like, yeah. And that these puppies. The only thing that 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 made me hesitate was like I told you, you know, Cherie says you gotta you gotta do genetic testing. It's inexpensive. It's important. Right. I, so that's my only the only thing that gives me pause. But like I said, it sounds like you know on balance, like you feel good about it. And right, and you didn't do it. Really and weirdly, none of them do it, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. It's a, maybe let me ask. Let me ask her. I mean, she's like, you know, it's so important and it, uh, you know, is inexpensive. So, but if someone's not a professional breeder, maybe they just don't know to do it. But which then goes back to the earlier person I was talking to, where I think it's probably not a great idea to be an, be an experimental breeder. Um, but anyway, all right. Well, I just wanted to share your your experience, and I know you don't even have the dog yet. Um, and I'm hoping that you will be coming to, uh, uh, Rhonda lives in New Jersey, but I've been, I've instructed her to come to play times at school for the dogs. Um, because I think we have the best play times. I mean, even if you, if, if you can get to one a week, I think that would be a great idea. But also, you know, I'm one thing we've been trying to do, uh, especially, you know, these months of COVID COVID has helped connect people. 
who have puppies, you know, we, in New York City, like, can, how can we connect people who can have like socially distanced one on one playtimes? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, they could sign up and come to us, but like, they could also do it like, you know, in, in, if they can like put up an X pen in some outdoor space or like there are or do it in someone's deck, you know, like there's ways to have socially distant, socially appropriate playtime. And I know you're looking into puppy kindergarten classes um, near you and my my advice um, and we talked about this a little bit before offline, but my generally my advice is like call them and ask if they run playtimes and like what how much playtime is part of whatever class that they do. Okay. Um, but I my suggestion would be to do a virtual class. Um, we have some coming up if but I mean, even if we can't fit you in, like maybe, you know, find someone else who's doing it virtual, because honestly, like I think it can be easier for families to do the training with the dog if it's virtual because like you don't have to worry about getting somewhere you don't have to worry about everyone's schedule it's safer right now okay and you know you can do it in your living room and you can record it if someone can't be there but um you know that there, there is benefit to coming to a class but in the crazy crazy world we live in and you know when your family situation like i would just do it virtually as long as you're making sure he's getting playtime and that's why i think i you know, I would reach out to those trainers who are having puppy kindergartens near you and see if they do a playtime that's just a playtime. Ideally, okay. I think it should be really no more than like four dogs and one trainer there. But come to our playtimes first because that's where you're going to, and you know, like do the body language uh, basics course, which I know you have, like do that stuff because you're going to go in with like an eye that's trained to figure out like, you know, is, is Bowie having a good time or not? Um, and, and then, then when you have a class, your cl the virtual classes you offer, like what a package of classes, and then we do it virtually. Yeah, it's six classes. It's six okay. classes. All right. I actually right. have to pop off because I ordered a new mattress and it's on its way. So <laughs> I hate to end this call. And Rhonda, we can of course keep talking. And I I know you're you're getting the puppy shortly. Um, yes. I also Thank now you. need to figure out what I'm going to do with my soaked computer. Anyway, got to end this for all of all you. Right. Thank you for uh, having me. Rhonda. Thank you for love being you. here. And thanks for the rest of you for, hope this wasn't too much of like a therapy session, any therapy session. <laughs> all right, take care. Thanks for having right. me. Bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye.